0: You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm on all of them. It depends. No, no, I'm on the I'm on the am on the speed for the racing. I race on on the speed max, yeah. But um, I um, after Kona, I had had the choice of signing with pretty much whatever bike brand I, I wanted. Really, I was in a very privileged position. Um, and yeah, after after many calls and, and many months of riding different bikes i i decided to sign decide with canyon and yeah they're also the, the brand that support the support their athletes the most you know um i felt like some of the other brands was well, well we'll give you a bike and you have to win a race but there's there's a culture of winning in in canyon and they really look at how they can how they can get world titles and how they can help the athlete get there and uh yeah, that's that's pretty exceptional, and I think that they're the only brand who I feel do that in, in the sport. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's we even did a camp recently with with uh, with Canyon to, well, we went to Nice and kind of tested out different bikes just to, and they, you know, there was only there was only three there was only three pros, and there was like seven or eight of staff, you know. So there was me, Daniel, and, and Jan and we were training there um, and just getting ready for Nice, and I don't think. Any of the other bike brands are willing to do that kind of research or investment into into World champs. Generally, they both go hand in hand. Most <coughs> most of the sponsors I've signed with, um, more, more than the product, well, the product is great, but what's more important is is the team behind it, and and just yeah, I mean, if you have a good team, generally you have a good product, and um, yeah. all oh, I obviously after Kona, I was. I signed a fair amount of of, uh, partnerships with with sponsors, and most of them. And I also was also, I'd also had some previous sponsors which were maybe smaller, but some of them I decided to keep, to stay with, even if it meant me having maybe a a smaller check, just because I knew that they had my back, you know, from the word go. And uh, that's that's just more important.
1: That was Sam Leadlow. This is Marnie Salop. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salak. Hope you had an awesome summer and your September is off to a great start. Although here in New York City, it feels a lot like summer just saying couple of announcements before we talk about today's super awesome guest i launched a youtube series gear up on the marnie on the move podcast youtube channel head over check it out subscribe like comment on the series i will be reviewing all kinds of gear and products from the worlds of triathlon running cycling swimming and wellness just dropped an episode on my favorite protein powders Okay, I am super psyched about today's guest, Sam Laidlow. Sam is a pro triathlete. He came in second at Kona Ironman World Championships last year and is racing this weekend in Nice for Ironman World Championships 2023. Sam was on the podcast back in 2022 when he made his debut appearance at the Utah Ironman World Championships. During the Marnie on the Move podcast live broadcast from Ironman World Championships and our studio pop-up, we interviewed Sam on episode number 232 back in May 2022. There's a link in the profile if you want to listen. Racing and triathlon are in Sam's DNA, growing up in a family of athletes and coaches. During our conversation today, which we recorded last month, we catch up on how his season is going thus far, how he's feeling and recovering from a calf tear injury a couple months ago, and what he's looking forward to this weekend in Nice. The course, the vibe, all of it. We also do a deep dive into his favorite gear, including his head wheels, Canyon bike, and Hoka Rocket X2s. Sam talks about why he likes working with these brands and sponsors and what it means to him all right, if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over wherever you get your podcasts, scroll through the episodes and click on the five stars, then click on leave a review. Also, share this conversation and episode on your social channels, wherever you like to get social. We are on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Now, on to my conversation with Sam Laidlow. Um, so it's Sam, it's so awesome to see you. How's your year going?
0: Yeah. Um, as normal, ups and downs. Um yeah. yeah, the season started uh started really well. Um I had I guess uh had a new status to live up to after Kona last year and yeah. um I went I went into challenge Grand Canaria. and I realistically I went into the season having never won you still a professional race, so to to go to Grand Canaria and win with the field was pretty good was was definitely a good pat on the back, um, and yeah. then since then it's been it's been about trying to figure out what, how to race a good Ironman again, and um, it's been a it's been a yeah it's been a process, and hopefully I'll figure it out by by Nice again when it when it really matters.
1: Yeah, I mean your performance in Kona, and I know you've talked about this with everyone over the past year, like all year long. So I don't want to like talk too much about it, but it was fucking awesome. <laughs> It was seriously yeah, it was, so great to watch you race because it's like you put your whole heart out there when you race, like in a different way than other people.
0: Yeah, I've always I've always raced to win and um, for like often in my early career, people would just say that I would overpace it, you know, or that I was unrealistic about what my level was. But I guess deep down, I always knew that when it would work, it would really work. And and that day, it did. I guess I had no like everything went well and I've not only did I feel good, but there was also certainly certain scenarios in the race that meant that I just got away and then and then like Magnus got a penalty so he couldn't bring the Norwegians back. And so there was lots of factors and so that's also what's quite hard to deal with is that I won't get days like that or days where everything goes quite uh, my way that much, you know. And um so that's something that I've I've definitely realised this year and uh but equally I know and I know that I'm I'm still like, I'm, I've still got a long, long way to go yeah. and I know where I'm going. And, uh, so that's, yeah, as I said, the sports, the sports going faster so quickly at the moment. And I think like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the records that, that fell, uh, last year or fall again next year, you know? So, um, yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, you just are like seriously getting started. I mean, obviously you want to win every single time, but the truth is, like you have a long career ahead of you, and it's exciting. I mean, super exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know where. Well, I don't know what the future holds. Um, my goal has always been to win the world champs, and
1: yeah, and
0: not necessarily to, to do it until I'm forty. You know, I, I want to. I feel like I want to test myself in other walks of life um, and see what that what that can bring me. And I've kind of, I, as I said, I've only, I've only ever tried like to devote myself fully to, to triathlon and and although yes i am getting started in the sense that i it's my first kona um i've equally been doing the sport for 20 years you know as a 24 year old so um it's uh i in some senses i'm I, i'm not um but yeah i i'll see i've also got a younger brother along the way who's kind of just getting into training seriously now so it might be a breath of fresh air in in four or five years you know and uh yeah. And that could also help me and and him,
1: yeah. I mean, you grow up. And we talked about this in our conversation when we were in Utah at Ironman World Championships. But for anyone who hasn't maybe listened to that, I mean, your father is a very famous coach in France. He has his own triathlon training club club called saint Sportif. And you grew up. Like, it's in your DNA. Like, your whole family is, like, triathlon, immersed in the sport. So I mean
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mum my kind of followed my, my dad's dream, which was to set up a triathlon training camp business um here in France. And I wouldn't say he's a famous coach in France. Most of his athletes are actually not French. Um, but um over time, yeah, it's grown and and definitely with with my recent results it's also helped. So yeah, we've kind of both grown together and even our our whole coaching philosophy is you know, I've never I've never been a world class athlete before, and he's never coached a world class or this good athlete before. So it's we, I'm learning for him, and he's learning for me, and we kind of we kind of yeah trying to move on together. Which is um, it's not like set in stone. He doesn't give me a session, and I and I do that. We kind of really we do a race, to see what go, what went wrong, and, and move on from there. And that's one thing I think. Yeah, I think most, or I I think it's a sign of a good coach is not like people always associate coaches with a single. Kind of training method, or, or or swear by this, or the eighty twenty, or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, when actually it's it's not about that. It's about it's about just training for a race, and then seeing what went wrong, and maybe having to change. And, and you know, there's this, this time, there's 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 been moments in my career where I haven't believed in big volume, and and that's worked. And times right. where I have believed in big volume, and that also worked. Or the same with intensity, or the same with strength. And it's just never. It's always an evolving process. And I think that's the sign of a good coach is somebody who, who, and a good athlete actually is somebody who questions how they are training because uh, that's something that I've always done very much so. And that's why I actually had coaches before my, before my dad Um, and it didn't necessarily work out because it was very, very set in stone and I would always question stuff and because I I had my own beliefs and yeah. So with my dad, it's been, um, it's been an evolving process.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know everyone is so different and every you know one of the amazing things about triathlon is like this is part of the sport right like it's not just the race it's the training it's the being able to be flexible the being able to pivot to to really connect with yourself and also like understanding what you need in that moment and nothing is like it's just a a wild fun experience so it's like you know every year our bodies change so it's cool that your dad is coaching you like that i kind of I really like that approach, actually. I think it's pretty pretty cool because I really, I too, like with training, I mean, I I just don't fit into like the cookie cutter box. Like I feel like even though I'm just an age group athlete, like I feel like I have to do what works for me. Like I'm busy with work, so I can't do X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, this kind of session doesn't work for me mentally or physically. So it's like it's really interesting to kind of, and I coach myself, which is awful, but <laughs> It works for me because no it's I'm not doing it's not it, you know
0: yeah, yeah exactly and um there's yeah there's there's some great examples of people co- who coach themselves um and i don't think it's a bad thing um as long as you are somebody who who questions if effectively anything and who's uh curious you know i think if you're curious right. enough curious enough then then it's then it's fine coaching yourself um of course like it's, it becomes difficult when you're really pushing the limits because you sometimes you need somebody from outside to say no maybe that's a bit too much yeah uh, um, so yeah it's uh but yeah I think everybody I'm, I'm a big believer in doing your own thing in, in, in general in life so whether it's for coaching or or work or whatever um, yeah. so yeah
1: no no um so despite your recent injury how are you feeling about Nice like how is your training different what are you what are you doing working towards that big Great. Ironman world championship this year
0: yeah, in in the past, I think I always made the mistake with big big races to kind of focus on them too early and and just kind of maybe put too much pressure on myself. And I guess after Kona, I in my head initially that was the same mentality that I had. It was like, okay, I've got I've got a year to get to be the best in the world. You know, it's in France and. And I came second in Kona and Gustav isn't there, so surely I'm the favourite. And that's the kind of mentality I had initially. And mm-hmm. it's obviously it's obviously swayed quite a bit. Um I yeah, this in Roth I ripped my calf and so that just kinda of became the the priority is just to get get there as fit as I can be. And I think that's yeah, I think it's a blessing in disguise. I don't think I've I mean I'm back training now and I haven't really lost anything and um yeah i i need i needed that i needed that to have basically what happened to to cut a very sh- long story short is that um so in 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 uh, leaning into ironman lanzarote i actually was training really well but got a liver infection quite quite a severe liver infection a few few days out from it and uh so that made that i, I just had a terrible race and couldn't absorb anything and had to call it quits and um and then, so that that race was a month out from Roth, um, and it took me like two weeks after that race to to kind of just get my liver healthy, let alone train. Uh, um, and then I was kind of left with not much time to get ready for Roth, and and because in the lead up to Lanzarote, you'd kind of already reduced the volume. I, I just I just wasn't fit, basically. Yeah. And, um, although I was healthy, uh, I just wasn't fit. So yeah, I kind of had the same i had the same engine in roth but i i just say that like my chassis wasn't ready you know it's like as if somebody put a really good engine into like an an old an old shitty chassis and um so yeah my calf just said no and um but yeah up until then it was going pretty well and um yeah, i was happy to be there cuz i know where the bar is i think what magnus did is is second to none and um yeah i don't think yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's generally difficult to see where anybody could even find a few seconds on that on what on what happened there. And uh yeah, it was great to witness and it was great to be a part of, you know. I did probably, I don't know, seventy, eighty percent of the race with with him. Uh and and I generally believe that I can that I can beat him. And I don't think anybody else on that course on that day does. Um, and that's like even though I came eight and people clearly beat me, I just I know what my problems are and I know what I have to work on. So, yeah.
1: So how do you – what have you been doing for your calf to, like, recover? Like, what kind of health, wellness, like, you know, recovery treatments?
0: Yeah. So I have – I've been working uh, with a doctor who owns a kind of uh, health center in in Girona for a while now, uh, for the last three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, So most of the time it just involves me – getting getting a blood checkup every so often uh, or seeing the physio there or something uh but um but yeah so they i i basically rented a place there and uh went every day for a week and just um did all the whatever acupuncture um some kind of um some kind of like really strong vacuum to drain the the fluid out and uh and uh and then also diatermia it's called I don't know what it's called in English. Um might be something similar. Um which is like an electrical current. Okay. Um and we yeah, we looked into um like stem cell, yeah. Uh, but we didn't we we didn't go ahead with it because it was healing pretty nicely on its own. And um and yeah, so it is yeah, as a as a calf tear goes or muscle tear goes, it 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 came back it came back pretty quickly. Um yeah. but yeah, then and there's the whole mental aspect of just yeah trying to get trying to realize that you're in, in eight weeks you've got the world champs and, and you can't run but um yeah I, I feel i feel i dealt with it fine i just um the most important thing with me in these races is just for me to keep doing what i have been doing and yeah. not try and change the world um you know all i can do is optimize it everything else you know make sure i sleep well eat well and and uh and yeah recover as much as possible in between sessions and and just be yeah do the best I can on, on a session and doing the best I can it doesn't necessarily mean going as hard as I can it just means um doing what's required and actually when I think back at the mentality that I had le- leading into Kona it was very much uh I felt great in the two three weeks leading up to it and I just wanted to do more and more and more and I had this kind of my, my mantra was to just do the bare minimum, you know, like do the yeah. bare minimum of what, of what uh, I I felt I needed to do. So, um, yeah, I guess I need to keep that kind of same mentality.
1: Now, what other races are you doing for the next few weeks or actually, you know, what are the races are you planning to do for 2023 besides Ironman Nice?
0: Um, so I'll be, I'll be racing challenge London next weekend actually, because, uh, yeah, it was kind of a last last minute decision. I had to go, I had to fly there anyway to do some error testing, and I actually realised there was a race. So I was like, "Why not?" Because now my calf is up and running again, so it'll be a good a good test to make sure everything's running smoothly. Um, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily at peak fitness, but um, yeah, it's a good it's a good training session, and I'm there already. And then I'll be heading to PTO Singapore uh, because I haven't I haven't raced the PTO circuit yet. Um, yeah. I was going to race PTO US, but, um, with these races, you have to say quite early if you're going or not, because, um, because there's obviously other people waiting to go. Uh, and when my calf, when we found out about my calf, it was, we really weren't sure if I could go basically. So yeah, that was, unfortunately I won't be going to PTO US, but yeah, uh, I'll be doing PTO Singapore, which will be nice because it's always like super, where well, you don't really get more, a better density than them races you know you get yeah. the short course guys meeting meet the long course guys and and yeah and we get to do it in on the other side of the world so um it's yeah fun. find it all. yeah, yeah.
1: and then
0: cool. uh after after nice i got us to have a few races i'll um i will do challenge challenge in france which is a new a new race as well on the challenge circuit um yeah i generally think they're the challenge family team are doing doing a great job, uh, and all the races I've been so far have just been organised so well. And as pros, we get treated amazingly, and uh, yeah, so really supporting them races uh, is is on my uh, is on my list.
1: Shout out to our sponsors at Delta G. Delta G is the pioneer of the Oxford Ketone Ester and revolutionary exogenous ketones company, being used by world champion Ironman. Tour de France, Formula One athletes, Olympians, recreational athletes, and longevity-seeking, wellness-savvy individuals looking to optimize athletic performance and everyday health. I have been adding Delta G exogenous ketones to my morning coffee, using it for athletic recovery after hard workouts and in training daily. Ketones are nature's superfuel. When the body is pushed to its limits, we convert stored body fat into ketones for energy that help fuel the brain and the body. Delta G delivers that exact ketone produced naturally in the body called DBHB. With Delta G, you can achieve high levels of circulating blood ketones known as ketosis safely and immediately without having to fast to get to that level. Beyond boosting energy levels and performance, exogenous ketones improve Mental clarity, combat brain fog, and metabolic health, and serve as a fourth macronutrient and fuel for your brain, so you don't exclusively need to use glucose. Delta G was created through a collaboration between the University of Oxford and NIH, with funding from the Department of Defense in 2003, as a way to provide efficient fuel for warfighters. Just two years ago, Delta G became available to the public. Throughout the years, researchers have been able to utilize this technology in various studies, amounting to over 55 published Delta G studies with 25 more ongoing. It's time to take your health and athletic performance to the next level. Head over to Delta G Ketones and use our code MARNI20. Now, back to our conversation. I haven't done a challenge race, but I feel like they're primarily in Europe, so that's probably why.
0: They are mostly, yeah. But I think, yeah, they, they are expanding quite quickly. But, um, yeah, they I mean, Challenge Roth especially is... It was yeah. my first time and it was... It's, yeah, it's something else. It's like, they're, they're the sport is... You know, they look at... I don't know, they, they look at... Fridino, like, in Roth itself, people, like, look at Fredino as if it's Ronaldo, you know, from oh. most places. Uh, so it's... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just... I can't remember how many. 400,000 spectators I think wow. there were at Roth this
1: year. Wow, that's like Almost, I don't know how many there are in the Tour de France, but yeah,
0: yeah, it's. I mean, my the town where I live has got like five thousand people who live in it. So even if everybody came from my town, it would still be like no, yeah, hundred times, a thousand times that.
1: Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. What are you like? Are you excited about the the bike course? I know you love cycling. Um, yeah, obviously you love all this the components of triathlon but are you because I would be but it's super technical are you excited for the course at Nice for the bike course how do you feel about uh
0: that? yeah excited one word um <laughs> it's 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 going to be it's going to be very painful very very painful um, I think it's just a really hard course and it's yeah. it's a tough man course which I like um and it's a course where literally anything can happen and it's very easy very easy to overdo it um so I think as a spectator it will be amazing to watch. Um when you're in it itself, racing as a pro might not it, it could not be as fun. And I think even the guy who's leading won't find it that fun. But um yeah, it's um yeah, it's, it's great. It's just it will I think it will really throw a spanner in on the world compared to Kona. Maybe see some some new faces shine. Yeah, but I mean I for a bigger guy, I climb well. I've grown up in the Pyrenees. And, right, um, that's why I was thinking I, you
1: might yeah. be excited about it, just because you're you have a strategic advantage having the experience of climbing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, yeah. Pe- people just assume as well because I because I live in the south of France, so I can go and train in the Nice course every year. But I, I live about five and a half hours away from it, so um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've I've been there definitely a few times, but um, I, I know that everybody's qualified will definitely go probably a few weeks out anyway to record the course. But, um, yeah, the, it's just really hard because from, from the from the word go, you, you go up for a long time and then you've got a plateau at a 1,000 meters. So that's also something to take into consideration. And then, then yeah, the, the descents are technical. So if you come from a country where there's n- no technical descents, that could be complicated.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to watch. And, like, when <laughs> I know <laughs> – I mean, that's the kind of bike course. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's terrifying, but it's also – like something that like really you're so like dialed in like that you have no time to think like you are just so focused on what you're doing in that moment and trying to like stay alive getting through the course that it's like yeah even know what's happening
0: i (laughs) think yeah i think i when i when i first looked into the course i i realized it would be a very important course to to tell a pacing strategy because obviously you can like you could have two people both put 300 watts out but depending on where you put the, the watts out, you could go faster or slower. And generally the, the rule of thumb is if like on the, the bits that are really slow, the harder you go, the better yeah. basically. And the, the bits that are fast, the, the more you can let off, let off the gas. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's what I tried to do in lands right? And stuff. And I was going really fast before, before I just couldn't get any fuel in my body anyway. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's a compromise between riding what's fast, this and, and, uh, Yeah. Reminding, reminding yourself that you've got to run 42 K in probably (laughs) two hours.
1: (laughs) Do you, um, how early do you typically arrive before a big race?
0: Um, yeah, both. I mean, I've only really had one or two experiences of big races for me because of, yeah, St. George and Kona, I both arrived uh two to three weeks out um and i'm doing similar in in nice i'm going to go straight from singapore to nice so i'll, okay. I'll do the last three weeks there. yeah
1: do you do like anything like hydration wise or like compression wise for your body to acclimate from like the time difference and the jet lag and everything or you just
0: yeah i haven't so far i haven't suffered too badly from from jet lag i think in in Singapore, it'll probably be worse on the way there than on the way back. It should be anyway, um, but um, I've I've never raced in Asia yet, so it's difficult to say. But um, yeah. I definitely always wear, I always wear my. I'm sponsored by Combra Sport and I always wear um, my my socks like compression my compression socks.
1: sock.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and also have full, full leg stockings. Sometimes I I use them, but um, yeah, it's uh, trying to eat. I guess when you travel a lot and it's trying to eat not too much salty food because obviously especially as athletes we're sweating all the time and then suddenly for 24 hours or whatever you're in an airport and not sweating uh and you start eating like processed food from yeah from the airports so and you've generally got like three times as much sodium and uh that can definitely lead to water retention so just being careful on small things like that
1: and do you feel like you thrive more like you do better in heat or cooler temps like what's your happy place I think i
0: just do well in in extreme conditions. I think I I'd do well if it was really cold and do well if it's really hot to be honest. Um it's, I definitely I wouldn't choose a hot race, you know, just it's not enjoyable, it's hard, but um <laughs> but um I seem I seem to cope pretty well with it, especially on the bike. I have a very good ability to to cool myself down and uh and then yeah, I mean, clearly in, in Kona it was okay on the run as well. So um yeah, yeah I guess I guess fun. I would yeah if if it was a world champs to be i guess i would choose hot
1: now was it everything you hoped it would be in terms of like kona like was it just like you that was like your first time doing it and you had all this like hype built up around it was it awesome
0: yeah um i I guess it's it's funny because it's all yeah it, it was all i envisioned not just i mean i've i've watched Owner as a kid like and when you when you live in Europe it's it's a very long night yeah um but I've watched it every year pretty much and uh and I'd kind of always envisioned uh just like coming off the bike first and and being able to lead the race or coming out to swim first and I envisioned key moments and and funny enough they they just they just happen and that's um that's that's pretty cool um so it's more more than the whole hype around it and stuff, there's the, there's just key moments which I don't I don't dream about like at night. They're just moments that I think about when I'm either training or not. And it's um it could it's literally like me in my own in my own eyesight, you know, that well just looking at yeah. whatever, whether it's Harvey or this or that. And uh they there was definitely a few moments where 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 it almost felt normal because that's that's what I'd visioned so so many times in, in my training.
1: That's so funny. I mean, I, I like that. It's probably, like, how you race, too, right? Like, you just, like – you like, when you're training, like, you put yourself in those situations, like, you're there. It's like you're – it's like vision boarding.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's – yeah, when, when you go for a five-hour ride, there's a lot – there's a probably to thousands, thousands of thoughts that go through your head. So, and a, lot of, a lot of time to meditate, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely appear in them thousands of thoughts, yeah.
1: So, I want to – speaking of riding, I want to talk about your bike because it is – you're you're on a canyon and you're are you which canyon are you on
0: uh well uh, I'm, I'm on all of them yeah. <laughs> no no I'm on, the, I'm on the i'm on the speed max for the racing i race on on the speed max yeah but um i um after kona i had had the choice of signing with pretty much whatever bike brand i, I wanted really i was in a very privileged position um and yeah after after many calls and, and many months of riding different bikes i i decided to sign with canyon and yeah they're also the, the brand that support the support their athletes the most you know um i felt like some of the other brands was well we'll give you a bike and you have to win a race but there's there's a culture of winning in in canyon and they really look at how they can how they can get world titles and how they can help the athlete get there and um yeah that's that's pretty exceptional and i think they're the only brand who i feel do that in, in the sport so um so yeah i mean it's we even did a camp recently with with uh with canyon to well, we went to nice and kind of tested out different bikes just to and they you know there was only there was only three there was only three pros and there was like seven or eight of staff you know so there was me daniel and yarn and, and we were training there um and just getting ready for nice and i don't think any of the other bike brands are willing to do that kind of research or investment into, into world champs.
1: They're such a great brand. I mean, I've, I've worked with, I've interviewed a lot of the cyclists that they work with and, you know, via Zwift. And I mean, they really are, I've interviewed a woman who is like a co-founder of their cycling team uh, for women. And I mean, just, from the vibe that i got and from talking to her i mean they're just like really involved with their athletes they're so great like from a culture perspective um and they care right and their bikes are awesome
0: yeah exactly that but um as i said generally generally they both go hand in hand most (laughs) most of the sponsors i've signed with them yeah more, more than the product well the product is great but what's more important is is the team behind it and and just yeah, I mean, if you have a good team, generally you have a good product. And yeah, um, yeah. All I obviously after Kona, I was I signed a fair amount of of uh, partnerships with, with sponsors, and yep. most of them. And I also was also I'd also had some previous sponsors which were maybe smaller, but some of them I decided to keep just to stay with, even if it meant me having maybe a, a smaller check, just because I knew that they had my back, you know, from the word go, and. Uh, that's uh that's just more important
1: like head wheels right like Anne and head wheels because they're they're amazing
0: yeah I mean he- head head had a great um as I said another another family run business and the and uh, and, uh there's just so you know when she was Anne was in was in Kona and it, you just feel like you're a son you know like yeah, and she's so I happy see for that. you that yeah. She's, yeah she's just so happy for you to to be there to race in the first place and then what happened as well and I think yeah there was I mean, Magnus got a penalty, but otherwise we would have had the three fastest bike splits of the day. I think there was uh, me, Leon Chevalier, and uh, and uh, Magnus obviously. And then Magnus who got the penalty. But um, yeah, it was a great day for for heads. And I just think sometimes you know the stars align when you when you're great people. And uh, yeah, so that's really how I felt. And similar with uh, with Sport for me. I I mean, I just decided last minute to put put these. What are normal, normally trail socks on before yeah. uh, in Kona? And like it just, it just kind of exploded and everybody was asking me for, for these socks and like, where, if they're, if they're error socks or this or that. And I said, well, it turns out they are more error, but they're not originally designed in any But yeah, same with Comfort Sport. I, st- I stayed with them and uh, because I just, I love the people that are behind the brand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to get a pair of those socks. I need to wear, I think I need to wear compression socks because. I just think it will be better for my for my like calves also and I like the support. Um, yeah. I never ran I never really run with them or cycle with them, but I feel like I don't know, I, I did it once and they were too tight on my toes. So that was like okay. so they so then my toes were like all I did I wore them in a half marathon, not that brand and I don't have to include this, but I shouldn't have right. worn them like for the half marathon because I feel like it, either that or my shoes were too small, but it was like not fun when I got home and I had like two black toes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I think it's quite it's quite a fine line, and people also think that compression wear well, has to be really tight, but it, it, it often doesn't. Even quite a small compress, compression can, uh, can can help. But there's, I mean, I don't, I don't know about the other brands, but I know that yeah. I've seen the studies and stuff behind behind converse sport and there's there's generally evidence to show that it increases uh, uh like muscle uh, muscle oxidation and uh, and then also uh it can help with shock absorption if you are doing like trail running or yeah uh, and um I mean you see it yeah you, you rarely see a trail runner without without compression wear on
1: yeah nowadays I think it's I'm gonna try it I definitely I saw you so everything everything like I mean everything kind of like it looked great like your whole bike wheels socks. I was like, wow, that's very cool. Yeah, so I wanted to get like in the into the tech stuff with the bike and then I want to talk about Hoka. And I know that you also just signed with Hoka as one of their athletes which and you're running and racing in the Rocket X2s. Yeah. Do you yeah. love
0: them? Do you love those shoes? I, 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 I've actually, got, I'm actually wearing a pair right now because I just received some pairs, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I want to wear them in before I run them, so I'm, I'm wearing the Rocket X2s right now. Do you? Um, yeah. Um, but I don't normally wear Rocket X2s for for podcasts. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, they're um, yeah. So again, like after Kona, I I wouldn't say I, it was quite like the bike industry where where because I had the bike cross record, I could choose whoever I wanted, but there was. There was definitely a few brands interested after after Kona and um yeah, I had I had a choice and, and went with Hoko. Um, again they before signing anything, they they sent uh three different members of their team to to my house and they spent a few days here just to get to know them for them yeah. to get to know me. Uh and now I have yeah, I have a great relationship, especially with with Christophe, who's who's one of the two original founders from from France, and uh, we're really like got this long term project of how the shoe can be best for me. And they basically came here and said, "Listen, we can make you the shoe, however you, however you want, you know, for you." And that's what that's where the that's what really sold it to me. Um, and uh, what's really important as well, and what people often forget, is like having a good trainer. You know, I think it's almost more important than having the best racing shoe because nowadays like more and more people were getting foot injuries or, or various injuries because they're training in carbon shoes or this or that yeah. and uh but yeah the the hoka i i run in them pretty much the mac 5 it's just a lightweight quite it's all it's not minimalist because it's definitely got cushioning but um yeah. i feel like my foot working and uh i i generally think that this year my running has improved because mostly of, of the training shoe that i've i've been using because i've managed to strengthen my feet and ankles up so much
1: yeah i love the mach 5 that's that's my go-to like trainer daily trainer and i was racing in it it's great for like you know for me it was before i had the rocket x2s i would wear it like for triathlon too you know not just in training but it is it feels like it's like low profile enough that it's not too cushiony and it has like a good bounce and return but it's like it's not too like hard on your feet. I don't know how to. I yeah, I just,
0: I just, yeah. I just feel like it's like a, it's, it's like a slipper. Too. Like it's yeah. like it's so. Yeah, it's like it's so. I find it so comfortable, and anybody that I've that I've made try, I've also found it so comfortable, and it's just yeah, your your foot's in a very natural position, and I think with with still a bit of cushioning, so I think that's what's yeah. that's where they've. But yeah, it's realistically, it, it's something. I it's very this seems very simple, but they've just got all the small details, right? And uh yeah, it's a great shoe.
1: What do you want in a shoe? Like you're talking to them about making shoes for you, like specifically, like is what's your dream shoe? Uh
0: well, there's there, there's a few like so uh, H- Hoka generally have four mil four mil drop, I prefer like having six or seven and then or eight even. Uh the shoes I was racing in, in Kona had I think eight millimeter drop uh and then also it's i i came up with an idea of having a slightly different density from uh so now you can play around with the density of the foams and so the the pair i've actually got now on my feet uh have a slightly different density on one on one side to the other so it means that my foot might roll in a bit less um that's cool of course like yeah these are things that uh like you wouldn't you wouldn't use in your daily trainer because then you'd be dependent. But it just means that, like at the end of an Ironman, the last 10k, when it when it all starts uh, to crumble, that I guess you got a bit more stability.
1: That's great. That's awesome. And um, when you're not racing and training these days, what are you doing?
0: Working. Yeah, working. <laughs> uh, either uh, my my girlfriend brings me to one side to one side, sorry, and says, uh, "We've got this to do list, and we just go through it." That's when I have a when I have a spare hour or two yeah but um most of the time I'm I'm recovering or or just yeah trying to get through some sort of admin um it could be anything from whether well, booking flight tickets to replying to a partner about this bit before an error test or this or that so yeah the uh, there's there's uh, most of the time I thought like there's not enough hours in the day yeah so I definitely couldn't Oh, I haven't got time to do any any hobbies at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, and are you and you also make a lot of content on your social channels, right? Like your Instagram, you're making content, and are you doing? You're on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we're try, trying to. Yeah, um, I yeah, it was definitely that was something that was quite difficult as well because suddenly like, I don't know, I gained fifty thousand followers or something on Instagram off Kona, and like I have to all my contracts. So like, you, it's very diff, very rare, and very difficult now to sign a contract without social media uh, yeah. commitments and which yeah. is which is normal and um and so yeah my I employed a, a videographer so we do we do we try and release like a video every two months on YouTube or one month but rather than doing like just short videos that aren't super cool we we kind of really try and do a documentary you know so there'll', there'll be one for nice and there was one for Amanda Lanzarote and stuff so yeah, yeah. it's been it's been good, um, but it's yeah. As I said, that that also takes time and and the commitments. You know, as as triathletes, I mean, you we probably have I don't know the average pro triathlete uh, might have between five and fifteen sponsors, and if they all ask for for four posts a month, you know that suddenly yeah. very quickly adds up. So um, you have to be careful and uh, and yeah, because it, it's it's time consuming and and most more importantly, it's, it's energy consuming. So, but I feel I've or lately anyway, I found the right balance between me kind of separating myself from it and uh and uh, yeah still putting some some stuff out. But um definitely leading into a big race, it's kind of more important for me to stay off social media and just yeah. focus on training.
1: I can't imagine. It's it's a full time job, so I can't even imagine. Are you, when you're training, like, day-to-day running, do you run with music?
0: Never, no. I never train in music, no.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure. I th- I feel like when we talked, you have, like, you have really good playlists, though. You like music, but, yeah.
0: I like music, yeah, and I, I and most people say I have a good playlist.
1: Yeah, no, I but... remember, I've been following you since we met on Spotify, so, yeah. No,
0: nah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big music connoisseur, but I, 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 I I like it, and now I've got my, my girlfriend staring at me saying, You haven't got a good, a good. No,
1: is, she, is she doing triathlon <laughs> too? What's she up to? Uh,
0: are you doing triathlon too? Yes, of
1: course.
0: No, she said yes, of course, uh. but she's not. It. No, no, she uh, um, she's doing it vicariously she... through you. Yeah, no, she she keeps fit. Uh, but um, no, now uh, now I'm her boss, You're... she works for me.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm first of all, I'm so glad to like connect with you because I feel like when we met in Utah, you were like, seriously, just like coming onto the scene. So it's, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm super like psyched for you, like to watch your career as an athlete. So I just wanted to say that. A
0: lot. Appreciate yeah.
1: It. yeah. So on your bike, right. Cause I was doing this series with Canyon. So I, I yeah. have a Canyon. I love their bike. What are some of the tech things that you love about the Canyon? Like, can you speak
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, the Canyon is, is one of the, the rare, or the Speedmax anyway, is one of the rare bikes that's really been designed. Uh, they were pioneering and kind of integrating parts of the bike. So whether it was the, the bladder or the toolbox or just making sure the bike's super aero, how it races. Beforehand, there was yeah, lots of bikes were aero, but um, once you've added kind of like the tools and your hydration and your nutrition and everything, it was kind of all thrown out of our proportion and uh, suddenly not a zero. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of where they were pioneering and they just kind of spent a lot of time clearly thinking everything through, especially for a triathlete. Whereas before, kind of, we just kind of copied bikes that were just like time trial bikes for road cyclists, basically. Um, And um, and then, yeah, the just small things like the arm pads are are really comfortable. Um, I know that they're, they're working on... On finding more reach because that kind of seems to be where where people are going since since my position in Kona and, and Magnus's position we kind of have well we're two of the fastest riders and we have very long reach so um, yeah Canyon uh, I know there's a lot there's a lot of Speed owners that are looking for more reach and if they are hold on to your Speed because there will be a solution soon.
1: They're gonna have a new cockpit like TT bar section like that whole thing.
0: Maybe. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to okay. say, but they are, they will find a solution yeah, to, okay. or they have already found a solution to make, to get more reach. Yeah.
1: That's great. And what, what nutrition and hydration are you using these days? Anyone specific or?
0: Uh, I, yeah, same after I've been using Morton.
1: Morton. All right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. This has been so great. I'm so thankful that you were able to hop on the call and, um, yeah, psyched. I'm psyched to watch you race the next few races.
0: Thanks very much. Appreciate it, and yeah, I guess we'll have a, another chat when I've hopefully when I've hopefully won the workout.
1: Yeah, you're gonna win. You're gonna totally win. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm putting this up before though, so then I'll have to do like another like over like Christmas, December, like after when you're like planning. I'm excited to see how Nice is. It's like you're you're like part of history now too with this like new course that they're doing for the Ironman, which I'm sure a lot of people aren't happy about, but. It's also kind of cool. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I was yeah. Initially, I wasn't too happy about it, but then I kind of like just saw the opportunity, and it there wouldn't be as couldn't, couldn't couldn't be much cooler to win in France racing for France, you know. So that would be that would be pretty cool, and I'm sure the crowds there will be will be amazing.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, Sam, this has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah.
0: Bye. See ya.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marney on the Move for Facebook and Instagram, and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, marnieonthemove.com, for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download